This Woman Over 70 podcast is sponsored by Vesta, a woman-owned kitchen and bath design firm in Chicago. Award-winning founder Colette Rodon-Hornoff and her team offer a collaborative and detail-oriented approach that turns your vision into a space you will love. Through design, measurement, and construction, you can count on Vesta to bring your dreams to reality. Visit Vesta online at vestachicago.com or call 773-252-7300. Let Vesta infuse your home with warmth and welcome. Hi, I'm Gail. And hi, I'm Catherine. Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, our weekly podcast. We're excited to be in our fourth year. It's been a labor of love that now needs your support. We urge you to join Aging Reimagined Circle, our sustaining membership fund, or make a donation so we may continue to inspire women to age with purpose, resilience, and self-care. Visit womenover70.com and join today. So we are well. We are happy to welcome into our studio today Joyce Foistel, and Joyce is seventy three. She lives in Denver, Colorado. She was referred to us by Ricky Gold, a marketing communications and website expert and friend of mine. Joyce moved to Madison, Wisconsin, for college and got degrees in education and business. During the 1980s, she was an at-home mom and also served in local office, both elected and appointed. After she and her family moved to Denver, Colorado for her husband's job, she worked in business development for Chamber of Commerce, the Better Business Bureau, and in higher education. While in her last sales job, she was encouraged by her manager to start helping other baby boomers with their social media as she was good at doing it in that job. For the last nine and a half years, Joyce has been a social media tutor and loves working with boomers. She focuses mainly on LinkedIn, and most of her clients are women business owners or job seekers. So welcome to Women Over 70, Joyce. We're glad to have you. Happy to be here. (laughs) Thanks. So let's start by talking about your at-home years. You know, women today often feel being an at-home mom diminishes their status. So how'd you make that decision and how was it for you? Well, it's a curious decision. I had just was about to finish my second master's degree, trying to figure out what to do when I grew up. And I got this opportunity to run for the County Board of Supervisors. You ladies in the Midwest know that the structure, probably in Illinois, I know Wisconsin, of course, it's a part-time citizen uh, centric kind of legislative body. So people have day jobs, we'll call it, and they serve in the county board. So I figured, okay, I can handle a day job in the county board. So I get elected. And this is a little personal, but I'll just say it. My husband and I had holding off having a baby till I'd finished his master's degree. And due to some infertility issues, I figured it'd take us maybe a year or two. Oh no, it took us like three months. So within <laughs> one month's time, I get pregnant. I'm elected to the county board and I get offered a job. Oh, (laughs) okay. So could you realistically do all three? Maybe some Wonder Woman, which I'm sort of like, but not this Wonder Woman, could pull that off. So I did work for that job, the one that offered me the job in spring of 80, all the way to like the day before I had my baby, practically. Mm -hmm. Well, that was a Sunday. So say it was like four days before I gave birth. 
And I gave him a very early notice that I'd be leaving. But that job didn't really work out. So getting pregnant is kind of a gracious way out of a job. Not that I recommend it, you know, necessarily worked for me. <laughs> so there I was, a county board member and a mom. Uh-huh. So that's how it happened that I was an at-home mom. And even just to go a little bit further on this, I lost then two years later. But I, I can go into this more after you ask, you know, any related questions. But I... I then got appointed, almost as soon as I lost my election, I got appointed to another position by our county executive. So I still got to be involved in public policy, just not as an elected official. You know, I'm curious, going back to your master's degrees, were were either of them in public policy? No, I thought about it. Now, the first one was... um, basically an extension of my undergraduate. I was an English education major. thought I wanted to be a teacher. So I thought, well, maybe I want to be a health teacher. And the only way you could get that kind of accreditation was to get a master's degree. So it was another teaching degree. Mm-hmm. And then the second master's was in health services administration. So it wasn't I- in policy. I wanted to run a nonprofit, although that job involved a lot of policy around the stigma around people who are mentally ill. Mm. Ironically, that daughter I was pregnant with during that year, uh, turns out that she has her own mental illness. I find that kind of a sweet, very sweet irony. And she's very activist person around owning that and making mental illness be okay. Hmm. So yeah, it was, no, they really weren't public policy, but I've been with the League of Women Voters, which is kind of like graduate school all the time in public policy. That's where I, I got my chops, so to speak. That's where I got my my fascination with public policy was through them. Uh-huh. So are you still involved? I'm no, you know what? When I moved out here to Denver in 1995, I was 46 years old. And I went to some League of Women Voters event and we started talking. They say, oh, you were involved in Madison, Wisconsin. Well, when do you come and be on our board or something? And they're like, what? I figured for me by then, League of Women Voters is an economic opportunity cost. So I stepped away, frankly, after I left in, in my mid-40s. I kind of I was technically a member for a long time. I don't think I am now, but I mean, I love it. It's just not a group that speaks to me anymore. Mm-hmm. What, what kinds of groups do speak to you now? Toastmasters is like the love of my life. It's beside my husband and my daughters. Toastmasters. <laughs> is such a wonderful organization. I've been a member for 25, almost 26 years to help you with your communication skills, your leadership skills. You know, whenever I look at my strengths, you can take those assessments like through Gallup, the Strengths Finder, they call it Clinton Strengths now. All the things that I have like activator and communication, of course, and connectedness and positivity, all those things uh, get to manifest, get to, I live those those strengths uh-huh. and, and Toastmasters, especially the mentoring part. I like that. Mm. You're mentoring other people now? Yes. Oh, yes. I mentor the leaders. I mentor speakers. I just kind of take them under my wing. And yeah, I love that. That's, <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's wonderful. And and so then you, you moved into sales, but when mm-hmm. we spoke, you told me you weren't very good at sales. So I, here's why I like to talk, okay? And um, I 
don't get to the close fast enough to use kind of a sales term. I don't get asked for the sale uh-huh. quickly enough. My manager and I would listen to these calls because I was inside sales and he'd go right there. Do you see that point? Yeah, I know. Brett. And, and this one, you hear that next one? Could, I said, and what were you doing then? I said, well, the, the guy was from Wisconsin. We had to talk about the Green Bay Packers, Brad. You know, that's required. And he goes, can you just cool it with your Green Bay Packers chatting? You know, So that's that's why. <laughs> I was about to be minus sales. I hit my numbers. I was just never, you know, I was a not, I was not a star uh, person on the team. <laughs> you were too interested in the people. Yes. Oh, that's so lovely. Put. Thank you for that. That's my saving grace. I want to say that instead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 It's not uncommon for women. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so you, um, so, so tell us how you got into being a um, boomers social media tutor. Well, that same manager I just told you about, Brett, who I love so much, he gave me the idea and the context of this. Brett was my manager when I was an enrollment advisor with a college for financial planning. It is a very niched for-profit private college that is really virtual, based here in Denver. And it helps people get their credentials who are financial planners, want to be financial planners, or already have a financial planning credential need their required continuing education, do certificate programs and courses through the certified financial planning required courses. So at any rate, 2010, as social media was coming of age, our marketing department said, okay, this is the time to roll out our college's social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. And so we in the department, the enrollment department, were challenged by Brett, our manager, to chat up this social media thing. And they even showed us a little PowerPoint. What are these social media sites? Well, luckily I'd been on not Twitter, but LinkedIn and Facebook for well over a year, even though I was 61 years old back then and uh, you know, fairly conversant on them. So when I would talk to people, I would be all happy. In fact, the other day I ran into Brett at this event and he said, Joyce, your voice would just change. And you would talk about social media as opposed to, you know, I'm supposed to talk about. So here, instead of getting to trouble for talking about something off script, they actually paid me $5 every time I'd get a Facebook page follow or a Twitter follower or join our LinkedIn group. Oh, wow. Okay, isn't that something? <laughs> Go figure. Month after month, I led that pack because I got to talk about something I was more interested in. Huh? So Brett, about three months into this rollout, Brett, the manager goes, well, Joyce, since you're so good at getting our students here at the college engaged in our social media, hey, have you ever thought of helping other people, especially in your baby boomer generation, to understand social media like you do? And I'm like, what? No, seriously, he says, you could do that. Now, I'm not telling you to walk away from this job right now, but think about it. I mean, what a compliment. You know, I'm the age of his parents. I think I knew more about LinkedIn than he did. He was 35 to my 61. <laughs> so that's how I got the idea. And I did work three more years being only 61 because I wanted to work a little more to get a paycheck and better social security. Uh-huh. That's so I, so the nine and a half years that I mentioned, that's really from when I went full time when I retired out of the sales job back in um, 13. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, when, again, when you and I talked, 
you were gracious enough to look over my LinkedIn oh, yes. file <laughs> and you gave me some great ideas. So thank what, you. what is it that you do exactly? Well, how this works is when I have a client, think like our conversation, Gil, I have the first session is this really looking deeply, discreetly, like with a micro you know, like, uh, like, let me see microphone, you know, like you would look in great detail, magnifying glass at the profile with a person. And many things can be changed in real time, say like your headline or the, a term you use in your experience for a job uh, title you have. You can move some skills around or add some skills. So we actually kind of do it together. I help you to see where you can make a change. And if you agree to it, you make it. Now, some things can't really easily be done in real time, say to revise an about section, kind of that description of you. There, I give people ideas and they send me the revision and then I give them feedback on it. So all of that is about getting the profile to be as good as it can possibly be. And then in a second session, we look at the, I'll call it broadly the user experience, like what kind of folks to connect to, who to reach out to, who to ignore, or even maybe block, who reaches out to you, how to put up a post, how to engage with people you're connected to on LinkedIn or even not connected to, you still can engage with them, and how to adjust, say, your settings so that they you don't get a lot of random information. Oh, and also very important, search, especially for job seekers, but even for business owners, how to find your like-minded people who could be good referral partners? So there's a lot of great, what they call filters on LinkedIn that are free and can help you find your people. Mm -hmm. Wow. So who, who are your clients? And how well, do my clients are, 75% of them are business owners, business development, people who generate their own income in some way. 25% mm -hmm. are job seekers. The majority, probably 60%, maybe a little, seven, close to 70% are, let's say, 50 and older. So that'd be like the older half, roughly, of the Gen Xers. Uh, the youngest boomer is now turning 58 this year, So, and then the boomers. Mm -hmm. um, women, more women than men by maybe two-thirds women, roughly, to one-third men. Mm -hmm. And the things, the kind of business they're in are, like 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 you, like all three of us, really, it's a service-related business. I really don't relate to widgets, you know, to things and to retail. Never worked in those fields. So mm -hmm. therefore, I'm better off with ideas, uh -huh. helping people, you know, pitch pitch their services. It it sounds to me as though you are still in sales. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, every business owner is in sales. Oh, yeah. And especially because my business package, my structure of my business is only those two hours. I don't take coaching clients and they pay me, you know, for three months or six months. I have to be, I have to do a lot of business development. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, but then again, because I love to meet people, winning others over one of my top five of my strengths. I'm like, oh, no, great. Let me meet you. You know, you should see me at church with a new person. I'm all over them. <laughs> it's okay. I, I like being sure can you imagine like who is that lady anyway <laughs> oh yes i can picture that <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so what else is going on in your life, Joyce? What, what, um, you know, well, what you? you know, it's so interesting because I'm so happy in my business that that's mainly what I do. I mean, when you don't find your calling till you're 61 years old, you have like decades to make up for. <laughs> but I will actually give a direct answer. So Toastmasters, that communication and leadership group um, organization, I'm uh, a member of two clubs that meet once a month. And we are all more experienced Toastmasters. And then I'm also on a club that meets twice a month. And anybody 18 and up can join that club. And then I'm in leadership with all three of those clubs, an officer role. So that that all takes quite a bit of time. Mm-hmm. And then I'm in various like business, like we talked right before we started recording, business organizations too, where I, you know, I'm just a member or I in a leadership role. So that all that all really generates me business. So that's technically is part of my business when you think about it. Because my business comes primarily from networking, speaking engagements, podcasts, I would put in that category, and referrals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do have a husband. He's well <laughs> maintenance. So we don't do too much together. <laughs> 50 yeah. years on April Fool's Day. Wow. Uh, we have dogs. You know, I walk them in the afternoon. He has the morning and noon shifts. I have a church. I have a faith uh, community. I go every Sunday. I run the PowerPoint. Uh, we don't have a, a minister right now. So I get the guest speakers in and schedule them. So that's another. I'm in other, another kind of, um, what you call it, support organization, um, spiritual development. Yeah. So I guess that's. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm, busy. I'm pretty I'm busy all the time. I don't watch television. I watch football. <laughs> it sounds very Yeah, yeah the Packers though, the Green Bay Packers are having a bad year, so we shouldn't probably talk about that much. All I right. think I think probably the Vikings are gonna win the division. Mm. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> now you're talking my home state. Oh, is that where you're from? Yes. Oh, did you go to the University of Minnesota? I did. Cool. I thought if I was going to move anywhere, it might be to the Twin Cities. Uh-huh. I love the Twin Cities. My husband's run marathons up there. Oh. You know, Harriet and Calhoun are run like several times. Oh, right. And there was a point to point that ended by the capital, St. Paul. Yeah, I really like Minnesota. <laughs> you know you know what, ladies? When I came out here in 95 and I'd start talking, they'd say, where are you from? I'd say, Wisconsin or something, you know, very nasal. And they'd say, oh, I figured either Wisconsin or Minnesota by the accent. I go, what accent? Then the movie Fargo comes out. And I go, oh, that accent. <laughs> I had an accent, yeah. So do you ever think about your own aging, Joyce? I was so intrigued with that question. Uh-huh. Because not very often, except for lately, I've been having these little pesky problems with my knee. Mm. And it just kind of aches a little bit. I mean, I have my acupuncturist, I have my chiropractor, I have my massage therapist. And it isn't like it hurts all the time, just, you know, when I walk too far. And we have steps in this house, which is good and bad. Mm-hmm. Because, it, you know, it's good exercise to do steps, but sometimes it hurts when you do in your knee when you're going up and down stairs. So I'm going to see my doctor in a couple of weeks and see what other, th- I don't think I need a knee replacement. Uh-huh. But it's just a little, you know, and once in a while, you know, when you say a word, well, you think a word, but you can't remember the word. You think you know the word. And then you think, what is that word? And then you have to either sort of like fake it and say some other related word. 
<laughs> so those momentary memory lapses, I see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, I um I really don't think about age much. In my mind, I'm really a millennial, mm -hmm. but not in my body, obviously. But um I I identify with that age group a lot. I think a lot of boomers and millennials, we have things in common. Do you know more about that? Yeah, please. Well, I think millennials, well, especially the millennial, I think they really are looking for uh, different options. Um, maybe actually a more millennial than boomer. And I, they don't want to necessarily have a structure. They like the COVID has sort of made that millennial lifestyle a lot more popular and acceptable. And they want the social issues are important to them. Like think back in the sixties when we were younger and you had the Vietnam era and people were activists. Um, some of us at least. And so I think there's, there's a lot of that in at least some of the millennials mm -hmm. and you know, just wanting to change the world and, you know, improve things. So I'm trying to think of others that come to mind, but, uh, but there's this whole entitlement thing, which I don't really see so much. Some people do um, the trophies and all that, you know, everything you get a trophy for, but um, boomers also though, to contrast them like to work. I mean, look at us here, ladies in our seventies doing this podcast. They, they like to contribute. They want to be involved. And sometimes that's through paid work and sometimes that's through some kind of volunteer, you know, um, opportunities. So I'm well, just kind of my rambling thoughts on that one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if people want to get in touch with you to have you help them with their LinkedIn profiles, how do they do that? Well, I would say the easiest way would be to go to my website. Uh, okay. My website is boomers, B-O-O-M as in Mary, E-R-S social media tutor t-u-t-o-r like a teacher uh -huh. dot com so boomers social media tutor dot com and there's a contact us tab that they can fill out uh, they could also look me up on linkedin my last name is so hard though if they're watching this they'll see my name um, and that's another great way for people to reach out to me is to ask to connect on linkedin Mm -hmm. Well, let's spell your last name for. Okay, here we go. Months. I've been doing this for 50 <laughs> years uh, yes. plus. So it's F is in Frank, E, U, S is in Sam, T is in Tom, E, L, like Larry. Now, there was a friend of mine in Madison, Wisconsin, who was a super feminist. And when she heard me saying that out loud, she said, That is so sexist. You're only using men's names. And you're spelling a voice license. I don't know that. So my mother-in-law always said it. So I just do what she did. <laughs> and how do you pronounce your name? It's pronounced Feustel, rhyming with Joyce. It's actually a German name, meaning I've heard it both a little fist or a mitten, a Feust. Oh, uh -huh. There's no other Joyce Feustel in this country as far as I know. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Love that for SEO and branding, right? You got it. <laughs> I just thought he was cute and funny. And I just fell in love with him the minute I saw him. So, of course, I'd never heard of SEO. That didn't exist in 1971. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you seem to be having such a good time with your life. I am. I am so happy in my life. Yes. It couldn't <laughs> be better. Maybe if the grandchild was closer. 
That would be sweet because she's seven years old and she's in Burlington, Vermont, which is very far from Denver, Colorado. Uh That's probably the only thing I'd change. But I'm not moving to Vermont because I've done real winter and I'm not going back. (laughs) You're through. You're through. You get that, you ladies that live in Illinois. My husband brought that idea up and I'm like, are you kidding me? You can live with them. I'm staying near them. I'm not going. (laughs) That's the only sadness. Well, thank thank you, Joyce, so much for being with us today. Oh, it was such a pleasure. I love you. I wish I lived nearby. We could all go have coffee. We could. <laughs> yes, we could. <laughs> so, listeners, at the beginning of this show, we urged you to join Aging Reimagined Circle, our sustaining membership fund. Aging Reimagined Circle supports our online monthly interactive programs. So lend your voice to these probing discussions. And visit womenover70.com to join and make a difference. See you next Wednesday on Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined.